And um, I just got some word from uh, our good friend Gerald Broussard, who said he was uh, there with the team and he should have been in Birmingham by now, but they're still sitting on the tarmac. Uh, he's not sure if he's going to be able to do our converse, have our conversation today. He said it's hard to say the maintenance problem. Uh, not sure when we will take off. It's only an hour flight. Don't know when we will be depart uh, departed. So. We're going to have to kind of play it by ear when it comes to Gerald Broussard coming up tonight uh, in his weekly spot talking Cajuns. If that's the case, I will replay and rerun the uh, Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier interview that we did yesterday here with you on the program. So we always have that contingency plan. And you know how uh, Eric Davis uh, of uh, the Believe Podcasting Network, we've got two Believe Podcasting uh, hosts, uh, guests here on Thursdays. I don't even know if our, our next guest knows that, but Eric Davis, uh, host of the Believe in 49ers podcast, will be with us to talk all things NFL and football. Uh, Tua replacing Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, I got some sound on that, and and I'm a little surprised by the way that Fitzy uh, w- was handling the news. I'm not going to lie to you. But in case you didn't hear it, I'll play it for you coming up in the beginning of next hour. But joining us now, as he does to talk Pelicans, is uh, a man who hosts the Pelicans podcast, the Believe in Pelicans podcast, and the Believe Podcasting Network, also associated with the Bird Rights, and also the proud worker of a grocery store, as I found out today. Exciting about that. Uh, you know, when you work in this industry, there are many different hats that you need to wear, and uh, no surprise that this man is hustling as hard as he is to do what he wants to do. Elliot Clough is our guest. What's up, Big E? Gee, I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate you giving me a little shout out there, too. I'm uh, happy to be joining you. And as I told you before, when I was working at that grocery store yesterday, you were the one who broke the news to me. So congratulations, sir. Wow, I don't. I think that's probably the first time I've ever been a newsbreaker. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's not. Uh, that's not Glad usually I- the. That's not usually the thing that I that I do. I'm usually last to, to hear everything and. You know, I'm usually out and about and doing stuff and working, and I don't usually get these insider tips or the alerts first and get a chance to break it to somebody. But I'm glad I could do that for you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Also, before we get started, I got to say, uh, we talked a little bit about your Emotional Saints fan YouTube thing. I love it. It's so funny. For those of you who haven't watched, you got to check it out. G is killing it and on all platforms. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Have you seen? <laughs> did you see the latest one I put out this morning? I have not. I oh. will be watching that immediately following this uh, this little segment here. We, uh, we 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 portray what the Saint fan is like on a bye week. Interesting. I I am intrigued. I will definitely be watching that, sir. All right, sounds good. Again, Elliot Clough, our guest here on the Word with G Talking Pelicans, with us. And um, all right, man. So first and foremost. When I texted you and broke the news, what were you? What was your first? Uh, what was your first reaction? I know you, you told me off there that you went right to Twitter, but what were you thinking uh, when you heard that the news was official? You were the guy who kind of was starting to advocate for Stan Van. You were the one who got me on the Stan Van train when we talked last time. What did you think? Right. I mean, the first thing that my reaction was was finally, finally, the Pelicans have a head coach over this. Two-month hiatus. We heard initially uh, Griff said that this process could take six weeks, and and it's turned into eight or nine weeks. So it has been a long time coming 
for Pelicans fans as we have waited for the next person to take over the helm in New Orleans. But I'm just one, I'm glad it's done with two. I think this was going to be their best option. He was the odds on favorite. So it wasn't necessarily a surprise by any means. And to be honest with you, as we continued to progress, I was starting to worry, 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 not only that well, one Pels lost their number one guy, Ty Lu, but two, that they were going to go out and get a person who we didn't even know of. Like the Pacers went out and got Nate Bjorkren, who I have never heard of in my entire life. Seems like a good hire, but uh, that, that was going to be the concern for me is that all this news broke. We've been talking about uh, SBG, you know, Jamal Mosley, Will Weaver, and then it's going to be some random just no-name guy who, who we don't even know. So ultimately what my reaction was was, thank goodness, and, and let's roll because SVG, while he doesn't necessarily have the, the championship pedigree that you like to see for a head coach who's been in the league this long, he's been to a championship and, and he knows how to win in this league. I mean, seven of his 11 seasons that he's coached in, in its entirety have been winning seasons. And three out of the four losing seasons were with the Pistons who, who are garbage. So, well, so I, I think, it's good. I think I think the thing you have to remember we and I talked about this a little bit when when we heard about the hire the other day and um when you when you look at his coaching career you just threw out the numbers of he's had a lot of success in in, in his career as a head coach maybe no championships as you mentioned but got a team to a championship um and, and lost obviously to, to Kobe and the Lakers but those last couple of seasons in Detroit he was also he was doubling as the general manager. So he's he's wearing two hats. And when you have a guy stretch that thin, as we've seen many a times before across uh, different sports, other than maybe Bill Belichick is one of the only guys that come to my head, my, my, my mind, that can physically do both jobs and do them at a high level and do it very well and has had a lot of success. When you ask a, a person to do both of those jobs and wear both of those hats, usually things start to seep through the cracks a little bit and maybe, you know, decisions are made one way or the other and you're not as clear-headed on on the decisions as you maybe need to be and so I don't really hold that those failures in Detroit against him because again I think it's hard to ask one guy to wear both of those hats and you're exactly right to to say everything that you just said you know I I just finished recording uh for our upcoming podcast we'll have one up in, in the morning we just got done recording with Duncan Smith, who covers the Pistons, covered them over SVG's tenure in Detroit, and he had the same sentiment. And, I mean, he's emotionally involved with this team because this is the team that he covers. This is the team that he uh, has watched for a a large portion of his life, and and he had the same sentiment. And and you're both exactly right. You spread yourself so thin doing both both of those jobs. And now that he just has to be head coach, And he, I mean, he's made it clear. This dude trusts David Griffin. He loves what he's done in New Orleans. He loves what he did in Cleveland with LeBron. They won that championship. And this is going to be a very symbiotic relationship. These two are are well-proven in the NBA. Trajan Langdon is a guy that it appears that SVG trusts. SVG appears to trust the remainder of the front office, Swin Cash, and he trusts ownership. And I think this is going to go really well. And in his 10 years where he's won 50-plus games, you know, five seasons of 50-plus wins in the NBA as a head coach, he hasn't had that role. And if he can step back, just be involved with the team, just lead the team, provide that structure for the young guys, I, I, I don't know that it's going to be exactly smooth sailing because it's, it's difficult to win in the NBA. 
but the direct trajectory is going to be upward, and, and that's really all Pelicans fans need. I mean, it, it's been a long history of a lot of losing in, in the NBA, and if I can throw one more stat at you about SVG and his career, he has won, I believe I have the stat here, give me one second, 523 games in the NBA as a head coach with a 57% win percentage. And over the 18 seasons that the Pelicans have been in New Orleans, they've won 673 games total. Wow. So SVG's bringing winning, and he, he's bringing it quick. I think we can all trust that, believe that. Elliot Clough here with us talking Pelicans. Now, he actually may have had an opportunity to win a championship. If you go back in his first tenure as a head coach with the Miami Heat, in that 2004-2005 season, he lost to the eventual champs, if I remember correctly, to the Detroit Pistons in the conference finals in seven games. And then the net, and they, I mean, he finished first in the in the East, three, and and then the next season in 05-06, he got out to an 11 and 10 start. And then Pat Riley says, uh, "No, man, I feel like you're going to screw it up, and I'm going to take over." He went 41 and 20 the rest of the way. They end up winning the finals. If Pat Riley maybe has a little bit more trust in Stan Van to get that team. You know, uh, you know, straighten out a little bit more. Maybe we're talking about him as a, a championship head coach. You're exactly right, and and we've heard JJ talk about this on the All the Smoke podcast. I referenced that the last time I was on, and we were talking about Stan Van. He was talking with Matt Barnes, who was also on the team that 2009-2010 Magic team that JJ and Matt Barnes and Dwight Howard and Hito Turkoglu and, and that team. Uh, put together it was 59 wins JJ said that was the better team of the 08-09 between those two seasons that the Magic were really good in that time frame and JJ said that you know Stan Van just got ahead of himself which Stan is a guy who is tends to try to be on the cutting edge and, and be prepared and be ready to go and rather than running the system that they ran all season offensively, he wanted to jump ahead and try to confuse the opposing team, which I believe it was the, the Celtics at that point in time and just, and just got too far ahead of himself. Now, uh, I'd like to think that he's learned from that, um, but it, 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 we have to consider this too, is that the fact that in, I think it was whatever season that Steve Kerr took over for um, Mark Jackson in Golden State, Stan Van Gundy was in the lead for that job. And he chose to take the Detroit Pistons oh, job because that way oh, he could no. be president of basketball ops there too. So very well. I mean, obviously he would have won at least two championships. The Warriors, they were too damn good for anybody. Not, I mean, you or me could have coached that. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, <laughs> so I mean, there's that, but we could be considering Stan Van Gundy. I mean, he's a few wins, a few adjustments away from being known as one of the greatest coaches in the league that we have. I, I really, I think that that tenure in Detroit really tarnished what his reputation was. And no, he hasn't won a championship, but he could be known as one of the best coaches in the league. He really could. Elliot Clough, again, our guest talking Pelicans here on The Word with G. Now, what is it going to take? That's This is the next step. You know, we got the head coach in here. How is he going to construct this team and get a team I don't want to set the bar too high for the Pelicans because I don't think it should be set at the championship right now. Hey, let's get into the playoffs first and let's make some noise and build upon that. How does he take this current roster, turn it into uh, a perennial playoff team that's in contention to 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 make the playoffs? And I'm not saying win the you know win the championship or even get one of the top three seeds, but at least get into the 
into the mix there in the, in the playoffs. Right. And, and that's the question. And what it's going to come down to is, is culture because the Pelicans, I mean, I, I just referenced their, their amount of wins as opposed to SDG's wins over the however, however amount of years that was, the 18 years the Pels have, have been in the league and, and SVG has coached. And, I mean, we look back and it's clear that the Pelicans didn't have a winning culture. They didn't have somebody who had established winning elsewhere. I mean, Alvin Gentry, we've, we've talked about it and ranted and raved about how good of a person he was. That doesn't always mean you're a good head coach. I mean, he, he was great offensively. But in terms of building with youth, that just wasn't where he's at. He's a laissez-faire type of head coach. And what we're looking at in the future is Stan Van Gundy, complete and polar opposite. And what that's going to mean is he's going to build culture with the individuals, with the, the team collectively, and there is going to be structure from top to bottom. And one of the things that he has been criticized for is his rigidity. But when you look at the rigidity – Generally speaking, another byproduct of being that type of personality is you bring structure and you're able to, to put things in its place. Each thing has a place. And when you got a young roster like the Pelicans, I mean, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball have not had that. We just saw what Brandon Ingram did this last season, was able to rise to star level. Zion Williamson hasn't been able to play a full season yet. He's going to have Stan Van on his butt about staying in shape and staying, uh, I don't want to say thin because I don't know that Zion's ever been thin in his whole life, <laughs> but at least um, not putting on pounds like he did prior to the bubble. And, and obviously, you're going to turn, you're going to look at free agency, you're going to look at the draft as to how this, this team can be built towards what SVG wants to do. And I, I'm thinking what we know of SVG, what he's done as a basketball mind on the offensive side of the ball is going to be that four out one in type of offense because of the passer that Zion is and because of how dominant he is down low. So what it's going to come down to is, is culture is what they do the remainder of this off season and, and schematics and, and schematics almost isn't really even something that I personally worry about because that's going to come with the culture because what SVG is going to instill in this team is, urgency and a desire to play defense, which was completely, completely other than Drew Holiday absent the last however many years that Alvin Gentry was around. Elliot Clough again hanging with us, talking Pelicans here on the program this afternoon. And when it comes to SVG and Zion and, and keeping weight down and things like that, maybe SVG should make a little bit of a a, a, a pact with him and say, hey, look, you keep your weight you know, under control, and, and maybe I'll get my weight under control a little bit. They can kind of keep each other held, hold each other accountable. Hey, I like it. I like it. And on top of that, you know, another criticism of SVG has been the fact that uh, he doesn't relate to his players well and that he's not necessarily a people person. But that's the type of thing where you start to build relationships with your players. And, you know, you don't have to be best friends with your players. That's, that's kind of for the uh, assistant coaches to build that sort of relationship. But that's something. I, I, I like it. Maybe he's listening right now. Maybe he's listening. Stan Van, if you're listening, get on that diet with Zion. No jambalaya, no pastalaya, no gumbo. Uh, only uh, salads and and things that uh that 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 won't won't drive up the calorie count for sure. Just eat a little bit cleaner for both of you guys. And and look, I I, I want Stan Van. He's not a 
he's not a svelte guy. He's uh, he's a little bit rounder. He's a little bit more out of shape. And uh, I'd like him to live a long life. And I'd like to have him uh, be as healthy as possible. I- I'd like everybody to be as healthy as possible. <laughs> There you go. I, I'm here for it. I, I'm right there with you, G. All right. Let's uh, let, let's. You talked about Drew Holiday. Now, with the hiring of Stan Van Gundy, actually, you know, before I asked the Drew Holiday question, I wanted to ask something about Zion because I had heard some rumblings about potentially having him. Okay, we're, we've moved on from Derek Favors. We don't have to talk about him, but there's a potential possibility that I've heard that people have been kind of banting about Zion potentially playing the five. Do you like him playing the five? Uh, or would you rather them go out and get, whether it be some sort of a hybrid four or, or somebody with a little bit more length so you don't have to have Jackson Hayes starting? Right, yeah. The one thing out of that is you definitely don't want Jackson Hayes starting. He's still raw. He's still developing. I think, I mean, we've talked about it before. He does have a high ceiling. He's going to be good. He's just got to develop. He's just got to develop and got to stop really feeling himself on the defensive end of the floor. He's said in in press conferences before that he feels like he's okay down there and he's really not so that is something that that we definitely don't want i mean and and the same kind of goes for zion i mean i think he's a little bit more humble than that and he's aware of how horrible he is defensively that's going to be the concern of of zion playing the five he's going to play the five it's going to probably be in a small ball situation now i mean it's tough right now in in the league to, to pair a guy like zion with a a spacer for a center because it's the league is evolving to where everybody has to shoot, but it's still not common to find a center. That's a knockdown guy. I mean, Aaron Baines hit what nine threes in a game this last year, but he's hurt a lot. Robin Lopez is locked up in, in, uh, in Milwaukee. And then, and then you're going to have to start going to fours and, and that can be a place where you go to the draft. That can be a place where you go to free agency, but, I, I like Zion at the five in small ball in, I don't want to say spurts, but in situational basketball because it's really fun. And we saw how efficient they were with, with Melly at the four out there and, and spacing down there when, when, when Zion was at the five. And that was probably some of the most fun basketball to watch from the Pelicans this last year. Now, and, and you mentioned the, the five who can play defense and get boards that's kind of been a staple for SBG too in his coaching tenure. I mean, you look at Shaq, who was also, I mean, dominant on both ends, Dwight, who was dominant on both ends, and then Andre Drummond. So Derek Favors, like you said, not going to be that guy. He's a shell of himself. He's not it. When you look to free agency, I really like going out and getting either Tristan Thompson or Norland's Noel because you're not going to have to pay either of them that much. And they're both somewhat young but also they have experience in the league and they can bring that to this young team yeah that would be uh, super helpful and uh, another name that um that was thrown at me by my basketball guy that i talked to every wednesday was a guy and i'm not sure if you remember with him but christian wood oh yeah yeah he, he actually was in new orleans uh prior to the season and got cut um so uh, for kenrich williams believe it or not oh and yeah so I, i'm gonna be uh I'd be surprised if he'd want to come back based off of that. But also, he's going to have a high asking price after the season that he had. Um, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised should he end up in New Orleans. Now, again, Elliot Clough, our guest, talking Pelicans here on the Word with G. If you want to join us, you have any questions for either Elliot or me, and probably more Elliot than myself, 337-269-1077. Again, 337-269-1077. 
you want to give uh, your opinion on Stan Van, the hire of him. And my next question is in regards to Drew Holiday, somebody you mentioned a little bit earlier in talking about how he likes to play defense. And obviously he's one of the most underrated two-way players in the league, if not one of the best. And do you think this, the, the hiring of Stan Van makes it more likely that the Pelicans keep him or trade him? Now, before I start my opinion, I've, I've heard both sides of this argument. I've heard, and both from people in the bird rights. So it's not one big collective opinion there at the bird rights, that's for sure. But I, I see the reasoning for both sides, but I'm on the end of the fact that he will stay because Drew is going to be a guy, I mean, he's always shown urgency. He's always shown intensity. On-ball defense of his is, is incredible. We know that. He's going to be a guy that Stan Van Gundy points to for, for Zion, not necessarily exactly to a T, for, for Brandon Ingram, for, for Lonzo Ball even, who is a good defender, and say, this is what you should be. This is what you should bring to the defensive side of the ball. And him saying that puts so much emphasis on that because Stan Van brings – top 10 defense, basically wherever he's gone, sometimes top five, sometimes top in the league. I think he was second in the league with the Detroit Pistons in their one winning season, which is pretty incredible given you look at that roster. And I, that's, that's my reasoning. I mean, Drew is, is clearly one of the top defenders in the league, and we know how much these young guys have struggled defensively, really other than Lonzo and, and Josh Hart. And that's that's my reasoning. I, I just don't see Stan Van, who's been in the league for a long time, looking at this roster and with how few veterans they have in, in J.J. Drew, possibly Etuan Moore coming back um, and, and, and the like. And I'd be surprised if they move on from him. Do, do you have an opinion on this, G? Because it, I've seen both sides. I, it's kind of split. Well, I, I love Drew Holiday. I love what he brings to the table. I really want to keep him because I, I just like him so much. And he's kind of been, he's just kind of that guy who's been here through it all. And um, I really wanted to work with him and I want him to get some of the glory when the Pelicans have it, because I think the glory is coming to the Pelicans, the way that they're building. If they do hopefully resign Brandon Ingram, because that's not set in stone. You know, they, they have Alonzo ball and they have Zion and hopefully he can play an entire season and be healthy the entirety of the season. I would like Drew to be here for some of the gloriness that coming to the Pelicans here within the next two to three years, I believe. But it might make more sense to not right away, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's hard. It's, it's really where you want to be because, you know, Drew can shoot it. He can take it to the basket. He can do a lot of different things. He's kind of that all around point guard. He doesn't do one thing other than defense extremely, extremely well. He's just a well-rounded player. And if you, if Stan Van wants to build this team, whether it be around shooting, you know, you have one guy in the middle and you, you kind of have surround him with shooters. And if that one guy is Zion and say, hey, everybody else around him is going to have to be shooters. I don't know if that fits Drew's game. Uh, so I'm, I'm not 100% sold that that it's the best move to keep him. But I, I really hope that they can find a way that it makes it work with, with, with Drew Holiday in the mix here. Because I, I like him a lot as a guy. I like him a lot as a player. I think he's got a great story, and he's kind of been here through it all with the, with the Pelicans in the recent history, and I'd like to to have him get a little bit of that glory that I think is coming in the near future. 
I'm I'm with you there. Uh, Drew Holiday, if not one of the best players in the league, he's just a really good dude, just a really good human being. He's done a lot um, this offseason in terms of uh, being a humanitarian, and he's done that before. And, um, you know, the story with his wife and his daughter, he's just a good guy. He's, good. he's a good teammate, obviously, voted as best teammate in the league this year. And um, to boot, in terms of the trade value, I, I think his value is pretty high, especially if, you're in that top echelon of teams that is going to compete for a title. So when you have multiple teams in a bidding war over a guy like Drew Holiday, the value increases, the more likely that you're going to get a haul increases. And the only two teams that I really see being able to put something forth and get something in exchange for the Pelicans where it would work because they have so many assets and so many young guys it's going to be Denver or it's going to be the Nets. And for the Nets to, to get him, they're probably going to have to give up Karis LeVert, probably going to have to give up Jarrett Allen, which puts a center there, and they don't have to go into free agency, which I like a lot. And they mm-hmm. might have to give up some, some picks or, or some shooters or, or something to add to that. I doubt they get rid of Dinwiddie and LeVert at the same time. Those are both ball-dominant ball guys. And, I mean, they'll have Kyrie, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. And then you look at Denver. And what I've been told by by Harrison Wind of DNVR Nuggets is that they will not be giving up Jeremy Grant, unfortunately, which <laughs> would be would be great to to have him in in New Orleans, and and they're probably not going to give up MPJ either. Now for the uh, the the Pelts to send Drew there, they're going to have to give up one of those two players. Obviously, Jeremy would have to be a sign in trade because he just did turn down his player option but they're going to have to give up one of those two players to get Drew. I mean, he's too valuable. There's too many teams that would want him. And, I mean, I don't know that there's other players. I mean, we're not taking Gary Harris as the centerpiece in a trade for Drew. We're just not. It's just not worth it. Like, he he appeared to be somebody who was going to be not necessarily an all-star, but but a good player in this league. And he is decent, but he's not to the degree that we thought he was going to be. And, you know (laughs) – you can only get so much value out of bowl bowl. Like he's a two way <laughs> player for a reason. And he sh- he's shown flashes. He's got a high ceiling. He yeah. could be ultimately really good, but we're trading for what people are, not what they could be. I really, again, Elliot Clough, again, our guest, I really like the idea with Brooklyn because again, that gives you a good young play, two good young players. If you're talking Levert and you're talking Jared Allen, and you mentioned it solves that center a problem where Jared Allen can score the basketball a little bit. He's about a walking double double, and I'm not saying a 20 and 10 guy, but more like a 12 and 12 type of guy with a couple of blocks. And I think he might be a good guy for uh, Jackson Hayes to learn from because they're kind of built in the same mold. And they both have the huge hair as well, they're similar hair products they can use. <laughs> Absolutely. They both went to Texas, too. Hey, look not. at that. Um, the similarities yeah, so, are endless. Right. Longhorn connection. Don't they both you wear headbands? Yeah, they do. Uh, Jackson Hayes does sometimes. Sometimes. I think. I don't know Not all the times, but sometimes. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, you're going to run into the issue with, with floor spacing there, which, I mean, you, you pick your poison for, for a center in today's league. Is You're either getting a rim protector and a guy who can get boards, or you're getting a guy who can shoot and doesn't play great defense. So, Allen and Jackson Hayes is working on his jump shot, too. We've seen videos of, of Hayes putting up shots. And if he can put that together, that dude could be a superstar um, in the league. So that, that would be awesome to see. Um, I'd love to see them both on this roster. I think that gives uh, Jackson Hayes a lot of availability to develop. And, but like I said, and you look at Levert, um, he is a ball-dominant 
scoring guard who isn't necessarily great off the ball. So you're going to want to put the ball in his hands. And then what do you do with Lonzo? What do you do? I mean, Stan talked about on the low post podcast, putting the ball in Drew, B.I. and Zion's hands to initiate the offense. So what do you do with Karras in that situation? Obviously, Drew would be elsewhere. But what do you do with Karras in that situation? Is he a off-the-bench scorer? Is he the sixth man? Is he the third option in scoring behind B.I., behind Zion? And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Karras. I think he could really provide a lot of value, especially going forward. He could be their third star in New Orleans. But you got to look at what he brings defensively. you got to look at what he does off-ball because there's no guarantee he's going to have the ball in his hands and if, if the Pels look to put uh, ball, Lonzo Ball on ball, that's a lot of the word ball. But, um, <laughs> a lot of balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a tough situation. Like, what do you do with the roster? I, I see Stan being able to figure it out. And, but, I mean, to, to end what I'm saying about Karras is that I think he would be an excellent second rotation scorer off the bench. He could be an 18-5 and five kind of guy. And, and if that's what you get from him, Awesome. I, I, w- I would love to see him in New Orleans. All right, here's my last one for you. Before we go to the phone lines, I got a, a call on hold who wants to ask you a question as well. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about trade partners. Would you do this deal? And I have no idea if the money would work. I just looked up one guy's contract. I haven't looked up all three of them. I didn't have enough time. But would you trade Drew Holiday to the Portland Trailblazers for C.J. McCollum and, and, and Trevor Ariza? Oh, that's tough. Um. And I'm sure the, the Trailblazers would – and I don't know the money here either. But I'm sure the Trailblazers would love that because <laughs> you spend a few minutes in Pelican Twitter, you know that Drew Holiday is Damian Lewis. That's what daddy. I'm saying. That's his so. kryptonite. Get him out. Get him on the same team so he doesn't ever have to face him against any other team. Unless in exactly. practice. And then it makes Dame exactly. a better player. Yes, very true. And CJ's a, a scorer. He, he can be inconsistent at times. But if you take him away from Dame and you make him – a more, I mean, continue to be a, a secondary scorer alongside Brandon Ingram, alongside Zion. That'd be that'd be fun to watch. Um, I don't know. I don't know how well the fit goes in the offense or or what have you with CJ. But in terms of Trevor, he's a guy that would be awesome as a three and D guy. That kind of irritant guy who would play defense on on the LeBrons, on the Giannis's, and we've talked about that being a need in New Orleans. But he is getting older. Trevor Reese has been in the league for a long time. So I'm not sure that that is the package that the Pels would be looking at. Um, but I, I like the way you're thinking. I, maybe they get, you know, another pick out of it or, or another asset or, or, or something else to be added in terms of value. I'm not quite sure that's it, though. I'll, I'll have to look up the money and let you know. Yeah, for sure. I, I figured, you look, CJ probably doesn't play a whole heck of a lot of defense. He's a scorer. Trevor's a, a defensive guy. He's 35. This is going to be 35 this coming season. So, but I mean, we've seen, you know, we, we, he, he got a little extra respite because he didn't go to the bubble. So maybe he's nice and, and well rested and ready to go. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. That's uh, a good point. And, you know, that's another veteran presence on this, on this team. Exactly. And, uh, they can, they can never use, uh, too many veterans. That's right. Uh, let's go to the phone lines quick before I have to let you go. Cause we're already, uh, after four o'clock here, let's go to Texas Mike, uh, on line one. What's up, Texas Mike. Yes, we want to find out the uh, contract Stan got number of years and um, money-wise, how much money he's getting. Will he bring in his brother uh, on the payroll? And who else was seriously on the short list? Did anybody turn this uh, job down? Talk about that. I'll listen off the air. Thanks, Thanks Mike. 
For sure. So I would love to have Justin Holiday in New Orleans to start off. Um, I think he's a good three and D player and, and you bring in the brothers. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I, I think Drew Holiday is, I mean, he's, he loves New Orleans. He's a part of New Orleans. I think he was talking and, about Jeff Van Gundy, your boy. Oh, that too. <laughs> um, and as far as uh, Jeff, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you're not a Jeff Van Gundy fan. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, uh, that, I don't know. I, I, you get a rigid guy in Stan Van Gundy. I don't think you need to add another rigid guy. I, I've been a big proponent of Will Weaver, of Kenny Adkinson, of Sam Cassell as, as associate head coaches um, or, or just assistants. I'm, I'm not a Jeff Van Gundy guy. You know that. Would, would it be the end of the world? No, but I think you need to get some flexibility in there to, to combine that with the rigidity. Do you, would you agree with that? No, I like Jeff Van Gundy. I think he okay. should be the head coach. <laughs> okay, fair Jeff's, Jeff's my right. guy. You know that. I'm a Knicks fan. I my only that. good yeah. years were with Jeff Van Gundy, so I'm I'm all in on Jeff. And Stan, I like Stan now, too. I mean, you you actually were the one who turned me on to Stan Van and made me see the, the, the better side of him now that I've got an opportunity to really dig into him a little bit more. But no, I, I don't even think that Jeff needs to be on this uh, on this staff. Just have him be in the broadcast booth. Maybe he wants to go coaching in Houston again. Who knows? I mean, they'll 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 talk because they're brothers, they're family, the whole thing. But you know, you need, like you said, Kenny Atkinson. You need a Will Weaver. You need a Darvin Ham. Somebody like that. Get him on the bench with him. I don't know if there's uh, if there's anybody else out there that uh, that would be good to to put on the bench with him. But that's something I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see. Right. And we've been hearing. Uh, I think it's Charles Lee, who's an assistant with the Bucks. His name. He was the defensive guy for the Bucks. And then Ime Udoka is another big name, and, and he's been well-desired, even as a head coach. So bringing him in to be under Stan Van Gundy would be awesome. Um, and now, in reference to the, the contract, I'm assuming he's talking about Drew Holiday's contract. I think he was talking um, about Stan Van. Was he talking about SVGs? Yeah. I don't know what SVGs. I don't, I don't think we've been we've heard that yet. Um, have you heard about it yet? Um, but in terms of if they turn down other coaches, I know Jamal Mosley, I know Will Weaver was in the running. Um and I know they brought in Kenny Atkinson, Darvin Ham, David Vanterpool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there was another assistant in there that I can't think of off the top of my head. But those are all good names. I would have been happy with a, a majority of those guys. Elliot Clough has been our guest here on The Word with G Talking Pelicans. You can find him up on Twitter at Elliot Clough. That's C-L-O-U-G-H for Clough. And uh, you can find him on the Bird Rights. He contributes on there. And he also hosts the Believe in Pelicans podcast. Man, my friend, uh, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on here. Give me a little extra time. We get a, we went a little overtime here today, uh, just talking a lot of Pelicans. And uh, what, uh, what what where can people find you in terms of the podcast? And uh, when are you dropping the next one? Hey, first of all, I never choose to spend my time doing anything else on a Thursday than being with my guy G on fourteen twenty a.m. So. Thanks again for having me, brother. But um, in terms of following me, you can always, obviously, like you said, follow me on Twitter at Elliot Clough. One L and one T at Elliot, and then Clough, like you said, C-L-O-U-G-H. I'm also so close to 1,000 followers, fam. So if you want to follow me, that would help out a lot. Um, yeah, he's at, of, my man's at 972, and you've got me I, beat by, <laughs> I'm at 948. So we're both hey. inching towards that 1,000 mark, and that's a, that's a big milestone. We are. We are. Um, actually, you know, we talked about your YouTube channel. I'm starting up on YouTube here too, as well. So 
if you don't have enough time to check out the podcast, I'm doing like eight to 12 minute videos there to kind of sum up the main ideas of the pod. And, and if you want to check it there, it's the same thing, Elliot Clough on YouTube. And then we're on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, just believe, B-L-E-A-V in the New Orleans Pelicans. And if you want to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we uh, would definitely appreciate that. That would not hurt at all. But uh, again, G, you are the man. I really appreciate you having me on, brother. No doubt. We'll do it again soon, my friend, when uh, when we find out, when we get to finally hear from Stan Van. Do you know when his press conference is going to be? I don't. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm assuming this upcoming week. I, I'd be pretty surprised if they threw it together this quick. All right. Well, if you hear anything, break the news to me since I, I returned the favor, would you? <laughs> Got you covered. All right, be good, my friend. Be good. Yeah, you too. There he goes. Elliot Clough here on The Word with G. Talking all things Pelicans. Boy, we went a little bit long, and and I know with our next guest coming up shortly, uh, we'll probably go long with Eric Davis as well, but that's just the nature of the beast. We do it, uh, we do it, uh, we do it, and we do it well here on The Word with G, and we get you uh, the latest and greatest sports talk radio here on ESPN 1420. All right, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, Fitzmagic is getting benched for Tua Tungalvailoa. How did he handle the news? I will give you some sound from Fitzmagic when we return right here on The Word with G on ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 mobile app. 